0: Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggs. Alongside me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, how you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, uh, well, I was running a little low-octane as I started out, but i got to tell you, that uh, pre-show meeting that we just had there, that kind of got me going. <laughs> well, that and the uh, enormous
0: <laughs> amounts of sugar you're choking down over there. So.
1: No, no, no no sugar, no sugar. No, uh, just a heavy dose of Jameson.
0: Jameson, that's right. You <laughs> oh, have- <laughs>
1: joined. We are
0: a three man team here again today, two days in a row. And once again, welcome in Jim Williams from the CLW 83 Network. What's going on, Jim?
2: Yeah. Well, at least one of you got the name right. I tell you that. Good <laughs> Lord. Oh, Seamus. I was going to make the bad uh, uh, Wilford Brimley. You check who- your blood sugar, Mike, and you check it off. And- impression. But. <laughs> I'll be the all right.
0: That's oh. oh, man. Okay. Anyway.
2: <laughs> glad to be aboard again, gentlemen. Well,
0: glad to have you aboard, Jameson.
2: Uh, <laughs> you son of a... No. <laughs> should be a
1: fun and raucous Friday. Better get that phone number out there early. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. So, anyway, uh, before we get
0: started, man, let's start our uh, hat trick challenge picks here between myself and Miguel McShane. Uh, Miguel, three three questions for you today. Are you ready for this? I am. Okay, because I'm leading you two to one.
1: Uh, you're listen. It's not even worth mentioning. I went over three yesterday.
0: Okay, I went. I, I went two for uh, two for three. Okay, and unfortunately, I got killed on the one easiest question because I was like, you know what? Let me pick them and see what happens. then. Uh,
1: I know which uh, wait, which uh, one did you get nailed on? Oh, uh,
0: I'll tell you right now. It was. Are you ready for this? Go ahead. I picked the Penguins over the Hurricanes, and the Penguins got
1: beat bad. Yeah, so, you sure ooh. did. I, well, I, I was oh, I, I had Hurricane
0: select, and I said, you know what, Penguins. are going to win this game. Let me just pick Penguins.
1: Well, who wouldn't have picked the Penguins anyhow? I did as well, obviously. Yes.
0: Anyway, all right. As always,
1: hattrick.nhl.com. It's the Hat Trick Challenge
0: presented by Enterprise. If you want to join up and face everybody here from Fan Junkies Radio, you can do it up by signing up and looking for Fan Junkies Radio as a league. And Mike,
1: tell you as, as, as Alan Iverson, I think it was Alan Iverson, said it right. It might look easy, but it's hard. Practice. Well, talking about, talk practice. about practice. Who's talking about
0: practice?
2: we talk talking about hat tricks, not the game, not the game. We're talking <laughs> about hat tricks.
1: You know,
0: what, you know what? I want to call AI and see if we can get a clip of him saying practice. Who wants to talk about practice but having him say it in Chinese? So.
1: Oh, that, my there you go. I that, ooh. Okay.
0: Eh, he loves those Chinese leagues. So Anyway,
1: let's get to these questions real quick. Mike,
0: which team will win between the St. Louis Blues and the Edmonton Oilers?
1: I'm uh, choosing the Blues on this one.
0: Yes, I'm going with the Blue Note as well. Mike, which team will win between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets?
1: Are you kidding me? The Columbus Blue Jackets are in the uh, basement of the division, are they not? And Chicago hasn't lost. you got to go with the Blackhawks.
0: Really? Oh, man, I'm going with the Co- No, I'm
1: going with the Blackhawks. No, really? <laughs> <I'm>, oh, <laughs> I to... yeah,
0: there you go. Uh, now, here's the regular question. Will Ryan Getzlaf, of the Anaheim Ducks have an assist against the Minnesota Wild tonight?
1: I might be going out on a limb here, but I'm going to say yes.
0: I'm actually saying yes as well. So we either fly together or we die together.
1: Yeah, more likely the latter.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I got four hat tricks, man, so I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just we've have 50 so I can tie up Brandon and then we'll be happy. Yep. Yep. All right man, let's uh you know, talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, they won again last night, three to nothing over a very good St. Louis Blues team. Did not expect a shutout, but I did expect the Chicago Blackhawks win, which we chose them yesterday in the hat trick challenge. Uh Jonathan Tate scored twice. I, you know what, I gotta ask you this. Mike, first of all, they're seventeen oh and three, but at the same time, Ray Emery.
1: Okay. He's a beat. I I haven't looked at the numbers. I I wasn't uh wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> it's, it's he's 80 and 0
0: with a 931 save percentage, a 1.92 goals against average. He's well, top
2: 5 in save percentage in the league and uh yep. Unbelievable stuff. I what? I didn't think I didn't see it happening, with, especially with Ray Emery in between the pipes.
1: Well, I actually, though, I brought it up a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan, if you remember. I mean, if you take a look at it, uh, they lead the league right now in goals against with the fewest yes. at 37. So, uh, you know, I, I I wasn't sure exactly who was minding the net there. But, uh, you, you know, you got to look at they, they've got everything working exactly right. They've got the offense going the uh, correctly, and obviously they've got the defense going. I mean. This is an insane performance, 17-0-3. It's it's just, you know, listen, they lost Corey Crawford last
0: night. He left in the middle of the game with a, an upper body injury. Ray Emery came in, still shut down St. Louis. Now, Ray Emery is going to get the start next game. Ain't no, though. I mean, seriously, Ray Emery. I mean, who really saw that from Ray Emery, number one? Number two, let's look at the next bunch of games for the Chicago Blackhawks. you got against Columbus tonight. You can almost automatically, with the way they're playing, say that's a win. Right. Anything can happen. Next week, though, you got Detroit on Sunday. You got Minnesota Tuesday. Colorado on Wednesday. Colorado again on Friday. Right. Out of all of those teams, I mean, honestly, only Detroit and Minnesota probably. Well, actually, you know, Colorado's been not doing too bad. So, I mean, that's going to be a pretty tough week, especially with Crawford out. Uh huh. Do you see any of these teams beating the Chicago Blackhawks? Mike, you first.
1: Well, you know, I keep thinking to myself, they've got to lose one eventually. Uh, and, and it seems to me they're probably going to lose at some point or another to a team nobody's going to expect. Yeah. So, you know, somehow or another, you just kind of get the feeling, oh, come on, this has got to end somewhere. It's got to end somewhere. You know, interesting, uh, I, I was reading an article the other day where they were making comparisons. Uh, and I, I don't know whether you guys, you probably you wouldn't remember this perhaps. It's probably before your time. But the infamous 35 game streaks that the Flyers went on in '79 and '80. Sure. Um, you know, uh, it, it was interesting because they were going around and asking some of the old Flyers, you know, what their what their favorite memory was of that. Bobby Clark had a great one. He says, uh, "I don't have a memory from the streak. Uh, the guys were just kind of going through. You know, they were just going out and playing the game.
2: They, yeah. they
1: weren't they weren't thinking about." uh the fact that they hadn't lost, yeah, and I think that's kind of similar to what's going on right now in uh in Chicago they
2: just they're, not getting,
1: great. they're not getting caught up in the whole concept that they're on a on a on a uh, uh you know, that they haven't lost the game yeah mm-hmm. you know uh interesting uh Bob Kelly from the Flyers, former flyer uh said that uh, uh well, it's really not the same because you know now they have the overtime now they have the overtime loss situation. They have the shootout. Uh, but at the same time, that really can't be counted either because when you take a look at it, back in the day of 79 and 80, the teams played – they didn't have the shootout. No. If it ended as a tie, it ended as a tie. Yeah. And so really what the Chicago Blackhawks right now are doing is identical to – Perhaps the even
2: more impressive in some respects.
1: Yeah. Well, if you look at the,
0: uh, you know what, if you look at the month of March for, uh, you know, for Chicago, I mean, they play some pretty, pretty easy teams. There's a really good chance that they can actually go through the entire month of March without losing. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the only two teams, you know what, the only two to three teams that they're playing that could pose a potential threat to their record is Detroit, is LA if they get hot, and is Anaheim, and that's it. And they play Detroit twice. They play Anaheim twice. And they play LA
1: once. Well, uh, yeah, but you know something. And this is where I say it's very possible that a team like Colorado could sneak up and take them by surprise. Yeah, which Colorado
0: is really not an an awful team right now. So right, I, I, I think they are eight and eight, but still, I mean, you know, they're not playing terrible hockey either. So
2: yeah, I think it happens actually as soon as Sunday against Detroit in Detroit. I, I think that could be the beginning of the end of the streak. And it's interesting you mentioned that some of the former Flyers, uh, Mike, don't remember any highlights on the streak, probably because ultimately they didn't win the cup that year. Right. Uh, that's what I'm getting at. This, this team, the Chicago team, like you mentioned, they're focusing on the here and now. They're looking also at the overall end game, winning the cup. Yeah. A streak like this is great to start out. And how many times have we seen it? Go back to the Vancouver Canucks a couple of years ago, who had a heck of a streak uh, at one point in the season. Yes. And did they win the cup? No. So that that's what it's all about. It's winning the Stanley's Cup. You can have you can go you can have an, a 48 game winning streak. You can have the perfect unbeaten season. Okay? But if you get knocked out in the first round, it's all for naught. Yeah, it doesn't
0: mean anything. Yeah. I mean um, it's a great feat, don't get me wrong. It's a great it's season great. that they put together, but once you're out of the playoffs, it's you know, guess what? It's a moot
1: point. For- well, I mean, you know, uh, when we're looking at this shortened season, and we've talked about this so, so many times, you've got a 17-0-3 lead going into, you know, from the beginning of the season now, almost to midpoint, because the midpoint would be in four games for these guys, that at game number 24. Uh, that could be insurmountable at this point with a shortened season.
2: There are 13 points. Uh, well, hold on. Let me uh, get the numbers here uh, more specifically when it comes to uh... – uh, uh, standings and what have you, but uh, they're they're eight points clear of their nearest competitor when it comes to uh, uh, conference play, and uh, to mm-hmm. stay in the playoffs, they're fifteen points clear of the of the eight spot. So right. yeah,
1: yeah. I, well, no, I I don't think there's any denying that they're absolutely going to get into the playoffs.
2: Oh, and, exactly. They could crash and burn and still
1: exactly.
2: get in the playoffs at
1: Exactly. Play. Yes. Right. It, it just it it truly is remarkable.
2: It really is. I
1: frankly didn't think – I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, even in a shortened season, I would not have picked Chicago uh, out of the Central. I would have picked Detroit. Oh, yeah. A lot of people would have or picked St. Detroit. St. Louis. I, was, I either had Detroit or St. Louis. Yeah, I would
0: have picked – you know, I would have picked St. Louis and Detroit, you know. I, I don't think I mean, anybody saw Nashville, Nashville where they are right now. No. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Nashville has been – and I pointed it out on Wednesday. I've watched – I don't know why. I guess maybe it's just that they're getting the benefit of the national contract, but – uh, for television, I've seen a lot of Nashville games, uh, and they're a very, very good team.
2: They are. They've been on the up- upswing the last couple of seasons and uh, are making the Western Conference a little more interesting, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me bring up Los Angeles real quick, uh, because, you know, we talked a little bit about them on uh, Wednesday, and I asked you, Jonathan, whether uh, they were off the schneid. Uh, and it, th- that very night, they went out and won their fifth in a row. Yes. I mean, they really are starting to look like they're maybe they maybe maybe they have come around.
0: Maybe. I mean, it's a possibility. It's it's still, uh, you know, they're starting to click. They beat the Red Wings, and, uh, you know, they got you know goals from Jeff Carter and Anze Kopitar. You know, if they're big guys can click, Mike, that's all it is, you know. Mm-hmm. What about what the say? Flyers, man, getting a goal from Gagne right away, huh? Uh,
1: you got to love it. Beautiful, I, I mean, it's a, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for Philadelphia fans, it was wonderful.
2: You go back to the Kings for a second, they're going to have a bit of a murderer's row stretch coming up over the course of the next week or so. They go to Vancouver, they play a good team in Nashville, St. Louis a pretty good team, Dallas eh, on the fence fighting for a playoff spot uh, at this early stage. And then you've got, uh, I believe you call him uh, Jerome Iginla. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) And the Calgary Flames, Yeah, Yeah, Iginla. Emphasis on the I, because it's all about I and team. No, that's but great. but it's going to be a test these next four or five games for Los Angeles to see where they are. I mean, five in a row, seven of their last ten, can they keep it up is the question.
0: Well, that's the thing. Can they keep it up? So, I mean, looking at that stuff, they do. They are playing some, you know, pretty tough teams. And they're actually playing a lot of games in March. They're actually playing more games in March, uh, I think, more than any anybody else. And over the next three weeks, they got back-to-back games in each week. So,
1: Not easy. Not easy.
0: No, it's not. It's not. Well, it's a
1: weird. It's it's a very very
0: strange schedule, uh, as we well know. Well, oh know thanks to the short, you know, the lockout. Exactly. I mean, exactly. And not, like, I mean I, I, teams and Eastern teams and.
1: I suppose there's that, I suppose there's absolutely nothing they could have done about it. But I mean, just the other day, uh, you know, when when I was taking a look at particularly the Flyers situation, uh, and at the, that time I think they were either third or fourth in the uh, conference or in the division, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, my gosh, this team has played more games than any other team in the entire NHL. Mm. which does not bode well for a team that's struggling to get into the playoffs because that means all of the teams above them have games in hand. Yeah. Mm. So it's really spread out across the board. When you take a look at it, uh, you got a team like the Flyers who have played 22 games already, you got a team like Boston that has only played 17.
2: I don't know. It's, if... it's a rough it, – it comes down to, you know, the fact that with the scheduling and everything they had to work their way around various other arena commitments that they right. – Major arenas made because they figured, oh, there's not going to be any hockey, so let's bring in the circus. I don't know, or the Globe Trotters, or whatever. Right.
0: So. Hey, listen. As long as Dennis Rodman comes with them, I'm down for it. So.
2: Him and Little Kim, right? Yeah. Little Kim,
0: yeah. Little Kim.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's. Phone uh, read. <laughs>
0: Before we get into the next thing, let's throw out the phone number here. It's three four seven two three seven five three seven three. If you'd like to call in and talk sports with uh, the gang here, uh, we dialing people. You got it. There you go. All right, let's talk a little bit NFL here. We got actually a lot of NFL. Uh, let's talk first about the uh, salary cap here. And the number is actually going up. Uh, last year was around 120.6 million dollars. Uh, we have two reports. One from Chris Mortenson and the other from Ian Rapaport. Uh, one saying 123 million. The other one is saying closer to 124 now. So it's going to go up to about 123.9 million dollars this year. The salary cap. Uh, Mike, why are they
1: raising it for? Well, you know, uh, is this an attempt to, uh, you know, uh, aid the teams, the bigger teams that are having trouble getting underneath the cap? Because, I mean, we've been hearing uh, about some of the larger teams that are, you know, of course, you know, we got all this uh, wonderful, uh, uh, what's the word I want, you know, restructuring going on, this, this, this kind of phony restructuring, let's get it straight, as they're throwing bonuses out one way, one more way or another to some of these high profile players just to get things under the cap. Yeah. Uh what's creative creative restructuring. That's what I was looking for. Um <laughs> you know, I, I I to me oh, I don't know. I guess you know, it, it's all it's all just blue smoke and mirrors. But I don't know. Uh what determines the cap? Help me out here. I mean, how can this thing be moving? I you know what? I don't yeah, know. I you know, I consider
0: now that, it's it's a flat cap instead. Now, I mean, yeah. I
1: thought it was set. I thought the number was set, and that's what the guys had to work with. Now, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we're hearing it's floating around. Yeah, it just
0: keeps changing. Yeah, so.
2: inflation or deflation? Anybody? I, I don't know. Uh, but I think you also have to take into account that rosters are expanding because of uh, you know recent things put in in the NFL the last couple of years to expand rosters and what have you, more position players and backups and what have you. Uh, you know, it's... You know, I I don't know what to make of it either, quite frankly. It's just an interesting uh, footnote in an interesting offseason this will be for the NFL. Isn't yeah. it the
1: cap set by the CBA?
2: I want to say yes.
1: I thought it, so. It is. It
2: is set by the CBA. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and
1: so there is no set number in there? I mean, I guess it's formulated somehow or another because... There's no way of being able to determine exactly what that number is going to be from one year to the next.
0: Well, so, well, yeah, exactly, depending on what was actually in the CBA. If there was a, uh, you know, closing it that it would go up a little bit every year,
1: the salary cap. But,
0: I mean, right. we see so, all other sports. So.
1: so one would have to think that it's a formula based upon certain conditions. And as you point out, the uh, elements of inflation or deflation or whatever, uh, you know, economic impact might be occurring on any one particular team or another in a given season. I didn't know
2: math would be involved in this show, but okay.
1: (laughs) Get your abacus
2: out, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, I've got my abacus, my TI-83. Oh, look, it's a racing game. Yay.
1: I was going to say you didn't realize you needed a degree in statistics to come on here, huh? Uh, <laughs>
2: you, you want to get that pronounce it right dot com to say statistics right sir <laughs> uh, that's
1: a break. I told you I told you low octane today baby I'm working on low octane
2: No, it's all- are you <laughs> taking any prescription medication actually I am thank you for asking
1: I really ought thank you very much John. I we appreciate that <laughs> uh,
0: but, but well, anyway you know what? Even at the 124 that it's going to be now, there's teams that are so still disgustingly over that number.
1: Exactly. I don't know how this is going to help them. The Panthers
0: themselves are at, like, sitting at $137 million. Mm. The, the,
1: we, you know, I don't know exactly what the Dallas Cowboys number is, but I know for a fact they're way over.
0: No, not – well, we'll get to that in a minute, but they're actually they're now under the cap. So. Well,
1: because oh. of the creative restructuring they've done, yes. Exactly. <laughs> And you know what? You got to give
0: it to the GM there for the creative restructuring that he did with the certain players that he did. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But there is a lot of teams that are still sitting in the 140s. I think there's one team that's near 150. If I'm if I'm correct, if I'm not correct or not, I mean, you know, hopefully somebody can call in and tell us exactly what some of the cap numbers are for these teams. But uh, it's not good.
1: Well, I mean, so adding adding what came down to be because originally it was estimated at 121 million per team. Now suddenly we're hearing it might be one twenty three, one twenty four. You're gonna add two to three million. Uh that two to three million is not gonna help a team that's hundred and fifty uh, currently sitting at one hundred and fifty.
0: Yeah. It's not
1: so, because it's it only
0: went up just a certain amount. You know what I mean? If, I if they would have took it from the one twenty that it was this past season and all of a sudden boom, it bumped up to one hundred forty five, we know something was going on here.
1: Oh oh well, no. yeah, absolutely. Then then uh, then you'd be sitting back going, Oh, come on. You know, the whole cap thing is just uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when you're
0: talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, is like a million and a half really that much of a bump?
2: No, not really.
0: Yeah.
2: A a percent of, you know, a tenth of a percent of percent, for lack of better terms,
0: yeah. Correct. All right, but, you know, let's start talking about some of these other teams that are making moves and uh, it's due to the salary cap. The Falcons, who are at a $118 million salary cap, went ahead and released – Running back Michael Turner, which we spoke about last week, Mike. Yeah. They also released defensive end John Abraham and cornerback Donta Robinson. At the same time, we're also hearing, uh, you know, some rumors trickling through that uh, they might be giving Matt Ryan a contract extension, further creating more cap space for this season. Now, is there a chance that they resign these players? Absolutely. Why is a team like the Falcons making these moves when they were so good this past season?
1: Well, Turner, we have talked about and that one. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, uh, what's his age? Thirty-six. Is that what I is that what I I, I th- I'm pulling this one from from my memory? So no, I think so he's much. actually
0: my age, which is scary. One
1: hundred and
0: fifty. No, he's he's thirty-one.
1: Oh, is he thirty-one? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was older than that. No, he's thirty-one. Okay, uh, but Turner Turner doesn't surprise us, you know. Uh, you know, I was bringing up the other day, uh, uh, Jim. We actually discussed this. And you were part of the conversation on our roundtable, our end of uh, end of season roundtable, on five minutes at the Proud House, where we were talking right. about uh, the Falcons. Uh, so the Turner situation doesn't surprise me. I'm wondering whether he gets picked up by somebody else out there. I would think he might.
2: Oh, inevitably he will. I mean, he's got something left in the tank for sure, for sure. So yeah. Well, especially with a lot of
0: teams starting for running backs. My well, exactly. One, yeah. So
2: this is a running back first league. Uh, oh,
0: Listen, you know, Even if you sign Michael Turner tomorrow and you get a season and a half out of him, it's still a season and a half of a running back better than what you have right now. Mm-hmm. If you're hurting that much for a starting running back, but at the same time, I mean, you look at the you know the, you know the other guys that they released, John Abraham, ten sacks this season. I mean, he, he's not showing any signs of really slowing down. Dante Robinson as well. You know, two hundred and fourteen tackles. But you know, let's go back in in 47 games. I think this last season, I'm not entirely sure how many uh, tackles he had, but I mean, he had a he had a good season for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to
1: the cap situation. Any any tackles,
0: one interception, uh, one and a half sacks for Donta Robinson. Uh,
1: Let's go back to the cap situation though for a moment, uh, as we were just talking about, with so many teams at, near, or over the cap. And with 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 teams now looking at players, particularly perhaps as I point out, a higher profile or mid-profile players who are grabbing up a lot of uh, a lot of sorry cash, if they're going to start getting released, it sounds to me like potentially we could be seeing a lot of uh, of mid-level players sitting on the sideline. I don't even think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a lot of teams
0: starting. Around. I mean, because right now. With what the Falcons did, they put themselves $16 million under the cap. There's going to be other players that get released from other teams, and they're going to turn around and use that money to sign those players. Same thing with the Panthers. You'll see them releasing probably D'Angelo Williams, John Beeson. Those are two guys that other teams are going to crave to go after. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to see that many players sitting on the sidelines after this season. I I really don't.
1: Okay, but wait a minute. That's fine. Now, uh, okay, let me just say for a moment, I'm the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. I'm now finding myself, I wake up this morning, and I'm going, oh, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm going, oh, wow, I'm wiping my brow, i taking this, you know, throwing the sweat off my brow. I'm going, hey, I'm $16 million under the cap. There, isn't that a good day for us? Yep. Okay, now I'm going to go out, and I'm going to start spending that $16 million on players that were released by other teams. Mm-hmm. So all I'm doing is just picking up somebody else's stuff they didn't want. Yeah. I mean, what what's the point of this? Well, I you know what? I I don't necessarily think it's it's of players
0: that nobody really wants, more so is the fact that they sign a lot of these players to ridiculous contracts and they're not living up to those contracts at this point in time. Now, would you rather have Michael Turner at um the 6.4 million dollars that he was going to make
1: this year or would you rather have Michael
0: Turner at 2.5 million dollars this year? So,
1: no, of is course. this is this a strong arm tactic to get some of these guys to come down off of these ridiculous salaries? They're oh, not-
0: absolutely, man. That's why you got all the restructuring going on. You're gonna have all these all of a sudden all these automatic extensions going out too, like the Falcons. They're sixteen million dollars under the cap now. If they give an extension to Matt Ryan, depending on what it is, they could possibly be anywhere near twenty million dollars under the cap now.
1: We're gonna have a lot of pissed off agents out there, I'm gonna tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: We will Except because they
0: still make their money, so I mean listen, even if Michael Turner gets picked up on a one year deal, or you know, let's say two year deal for four point five million dollars, right? Age is gonna get his cut. He don't care. So well,
2: exactly. Especially if you sprinkle it all over with a heavy dose of incentives like passing a thousand five hundred yards or exactly. uh, you know, yeah. getting Fifteen touchdowns, or so on and so forth. There's ways. There's ways around
0: it. Well, listen. Whoever signs Michael Turner for let's say two million dollars this year, there's going to be incentive. If you can crack five hundred, you know whatever six hundred yards, we'll give you an extra two hundred thousand dollars. You know, you crack a thousand and you get fifteen touchdowns. We'll throw in an extra million. I mean, there's going to be incentive laden deals. Throughout the NFL this season, oh, and so, that's
2: gonna that's gonna be the future when it comes to contracts. Base salaries are pro are probably gonna come down, I think, and the incentives are only gonna go up.
0: It's it's gonna have it's gonna have to the infamous quote unquote bonuses, the bonuses like the Tom uh, the uh, Tom Brady bonus, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: just exactly.
2: To, he's being so Tom Brady,
1: man, he makes only twenty million dollars a year. Uh, 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 uh. Poor guy, I feel so bad for him. I mean, look at look at yeah. what he's. But you know, you gotta you gotta give it to St. Tom. I mean, I, what a what a what a true blue guy. I mean, did it for God the team. God
2: bless him. He
1: sucks it up for the team, man, just to help them out. That what a great guy.
0: Well, listen, you know what, man? I think he deserves his money. He gets to go home to Skeletor every night. So.
1: Thank oh. you, very much.
2: Yeah. power no. <laughs> of Castle Greystoke. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness!
2: And Skeletor of. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Prince Tom of Gillette. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what that's what I like. That's terrific. Prince
2: Tom, but the, f- the funny thing is uh, Skeletor is the one who wears the pants of the family. Hey, 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 oh.
0: Uh, oh. Somebody's got to wear the pants on the team and somebody wears the pants in the family and it's not him in either way, so.
2: Well, Exactly.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys here and we were talking a little bit about the uh creative restructuring they did today. Yeah. They reworked the contracts of DeMarcus Ware, Jason Witten, Miles Austin, Uh, Ryan Cook and Brandon Carr basically wiping out uh, the $20 million that they were projected to be over the cap this year. Uh, Biggest savings coming from Carr's deal, who was uh, Mm. due, uh, I think, like $14.3 million from whatever contract he had or whatever. But not entirely sure what the final number is for Dallas, but to wipe out $20 million that they were projected to be over in one night, Mike.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean – we we all hate Dallas here. That's that's just creative work.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it, and you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, it, the, the rumor just uh, about a week ago was that potentially they might have been looking at losing Austin altogether. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just curious. In all of this, I don't hear anything or see anything in this uh, with regard to uh, Tony Romo. Well, no, they actually said that uh, if they do sign him to a new
0: contract – It's going to drop the salary cap even more, and at the same time, releasing Doug Freed, the right tackle, uh, would save another $7 million on the cap.
1: Okay. I mean,
0: mean, the Dallas Cowboys have the potential of being very, very, very underneath the cap. Oh, hmm. a lean, mean running machine.
1: How do you like that one?
0: Hey. It definitely doesn't sound like a Jerry Jones run team, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. But then again, uh, Jerry Jones is too busy Botoxing his face again. So. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: oh. No, he's got somebody wiping his mouth for him in the box right now.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, I had heard – I or, or not just heard, I even read that Jason Garrett wanted to uh, extend Tony Romo's contract. I had talked about that last weekend. Um, cool. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm just wondering how that's all going to work out. Um they haven't officially. They haven't officially. I suppose, Jonathan, you, you, you would know better. They haven't officially actually done a, a restructure yet on Tony Romo.
0: No, 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 nothing yet on Tony Romo.
2: Okay.
0: But uh, you know, listen, they're definitely going to sign him. Jerry Jones loves Romo,
2: for whatever reason.
0: For whatever reason. And you know what? I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out there and say Tony Romo was not terrible this year. Romo's a miracle. <laughs> he had a miracle <laughs> season. Listen, man, listen, listen. The guy threw for almost 5,000 yards this season. Hey,
1: don't get me wrong. I'm a Romo fan. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's, you know, I asked a question on, on Five Minutes at the Pratt House last Saturday right here on uh, Fan Junkies Radio. Uh, I asked a question after the fans, uh, and I wanted to hear. I, I think the guy is very, very maligned. Down in the Dallas area well, I, mean, I think they're suffering from uh, McNabb fatigue The well, way we did up here in Philadelphia Well, I mean, When well, well,
0: you take any of these guys And you put them on a team That is, it is known for winning And it should be known for competing In and out of the playoffs every single season If you took Tony Romo And his near 5,000 yards His 28 touchdowns and his 90.5 quarterback rating And you threw that on somebody Like the Oakland Raiders last season
2: The guy would have been
1: held as a hero
2: I agree yeah. with you yeah, Romo's a victim, simply put, of the circumstances he's been put in, simply put. I mean, the systems he's put in, he can't excel.
1: No, he can't. That's they what it is. It's I, not
2: him and the talent, the it's the system around him.
1: No, they, That's not Tony Romo to Blunt. They tie his hands constantly, all right? Uh, I can't begin to tell you how many times I watched Dallas Cowboys games this week or this year, and I could not believe the game calling that was going on from the sideline. Agreed. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> They don't Mike, put the guy in a position to succeed.
0: Mike, we said it the first game of the season, the yes. way Romo was throwing the way the entire team was clicking, we said, holy crap, this isn't the Dallas Cowboys that we saw over the last few seasons. And i got to go out there and say right now, the only thing that changed with this team was everybody else but Tony Romo because Tony Romo had a damn good season.
1: I agree. Uh, but but you well, know, even better season the season before. So, And here's, here is the thing, though, Jonathan. After that first game, if you notice – it, it it increasingly, throughout the season, went back to the old way of playing the game. They just went right back to the old game book. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I If they had played most of their games the way they played that first one, I think they would have been a hell of a lot more successful.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Listen,
1: the guy's got
0: almost 60 touchdowns in two seasons straight. I, I you know what there you know a quarterback's not going to come in and throw thirty you know thirty touchdowns each season and not be a good quarterback the
2: guy's a good quarterback but sure the, it's I, just he he's hampered by coaches that don't know how to call plays exactly no exactly. let me ask you this now does
0: Tony Romo deserve to be Ousted from the Cowboys and given the opportunity to go to another team and actually play real football.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, I would take him on my field. And I said this last Saturday uh, right here on Fan Junkies Radio. I said I would take him on my Eagles team in a minute. I take him on the Jets any second. Sure. I take him. You know what, man?
0: Do it, Jets. Go get Tony Romo. Give up Revis to him. I don't care. Do it. Wow. Yeah. He's listen. I think that would be fair. If the, if the Jets cannot and, – and we're going to get that in a second, but I'm going to throw it out there right now real quick so you guys can think about it and sink in. Revis is the best cornerback in the NFL. We all know that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We've seen the diva-like attitude from Darrell Revis for multiple seasons now in New York with two contract holdouts.
1: Yep.
0: Now, I personally think that if they keep him for this season and don't give him a contract – He's that malicious that he will sign with the New England Patriots, and that's going to kill the Jets for many, many years.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing, though: you have no guarantee that even if you do go and restructure him, or re-sign him, or extend his contract out, that he's not going to be holding out in a year from now. Oh, because, because that's been his pattern. He's, that's been you his know pattern. how many contracts you have to sign
0: in Santa? You agree to a contract; you have to play through that contract. Don't hold out. You know. But that's just me. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Jets quarterback situation here. Uh, a lot of rumors here. They want five quarterbacks in camp. Uh, huh. um, here rumors of them, you know, possibly acquiring a Matt Moore or a Matt Flynn. At the same time, there's a lot of them. A lot of rumors, which is bothering the hell of me, of them being linked to Brady Quinn. Yesterday, David Garrard comes in for a workout. Heard from various sources that he looked great in his workouts. Arm look strong. This is a guy I'd love to see come here and compete for a quarter, you know, starting quarterback job. Uh, Mike, from everything that you're hearing, that you've heard from me, whatever, uh, David Garrard, good you know, good idea to bring him in for a quarterback competition? What do you think?
1: I was a little bit surprised. I suppose if we're talking competition, Jonathan, I don't think it would hurt. No. I mean, God knows you guys need a quarterback badly. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little surprised to hear the number five. That sounded a bit excessive to me.
0: I, you you got to have a competition, right?
1: Well, you can have a competition with two, dude. Well, you don't have to have a competition with five. I mean, five. Uh who are uh, I'm trying to I'm looking through this piece that you sent over to me. I'm trying to figure out who the five are. If we're talking uh, Gerard, then you've also got uh, Scott, I get you got Greg McElroy, right? You bring in David Garrard.
0: That's three, right? If they somehow bring in Brady Quinn on whatever kind of crappy contract they do, that's four, right? Now will they turn around and acquire somebody like a Matt Flynn?
1: Well, I'm, are uh, you know, and we're all forgetting too yet that uh, you know the Jets have been talked about as a potential for drafting a quarterback.
0: At, but at the same time, Tim Tebow is still a New York Jet.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't think for long though. I think that's going Hopefully to
0: change. Not. But at the same time, he is still right now in New York Jets, so you have to throw him in there.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so I mean, for the sake of the art, uh, for the sake five of the man. article, yeah, I mean, you know, all right, you
0: can. If say five backs are ready on the roster. David Garrard would be four. Who would be number five? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, who well let the me ask you, Let me ask you, John. I think because you're the you're the Jets dude. Uh, by bringing in a Garrard. Yeah, and with all of the uh, positive brouhaha now that we've heard about it uh, just in one day, yeah, uh, does it appear at this point that that's that that's what they're where they're going? I mean, you know, we we've, we've talked about this. We talked about it all season long. We talked about how Sanchez, you know, talk about maligned, uh, how maligned Sanchez was up there the entire season. Now, in many respects, he was he was really disrespected by that team.
0: Oh, absolutely. absolutely.
1: Um is this is this the Jets way of 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 Oh, I don't know. Stiff arming uh Mark Sanchez. I, you know, I don't
0: know if it's if it's you know more of them stiff arming him by doing this or at the same time trying to motivate him. I I really don't know. Well, they thought that though with Tebow,
2: <sighs> And that didn't
0: work at all. They didn't use Tebow. So how can you motivate a player by not using the guy you're bringing in? To try to motivate him with.
2: Well, just by bringing him in and, and the fanfare might have been enough to... No, because he knew right away,
0: listen, it doesn't matter what I do, Tim Tebow's not coming into this game. And that was proven the whole season. Because right. as soon as Mark Sanchez went out, who did they put in? They didn't put in Tim Tebow. Oh, they put they in Nick right.
2: Well, I maintain the fact that they even brought in Tebow in the first place. Just Agreed. completely mind-screwed Sanchez from Jump Street. I, I think
1: agree with you, so. Jim. I think okay. so. I, I think absolutely it screwed him up. All right. So, wait a minute. So then we are saying it did put some pressure on him. Oh, yeah, it did. Oh yeah, It
0: absolutely put pressure on him. I mean, he had pressure coming from everywhere.
2: That's what I'm yeah, getting at, yeah. coming
0: from the stands. He had pressure coming from the media. He had pressure coming from his own team. So,
2: sure.
0: But at the same time, now, did they bring in Tebow as a motivational tool? Did they bring him in because Mike Tannenbaum just said, "What the hell? I can get him for absolutely nothing," and not really discuss it with anybody else?
2: Tebow is close with God. Come on now.
0: Yeah, I, I listen. It it was all a part of Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum took the, you know, he he said it was him. I'm the one that brought in Tim Tebow. You know, Winnie Johnson told him, "It's up to you. You're the general manager. If you think he can help, talk it over with Rex. See what happens." i i i i I still say one hundred percent to this day, I don't think Rex Ryan wanted Tim Tebow. I think that was Mike Tannenbaum trying to bring in somebody to possibly try You're to Probably finish. right, you know well I, right.
1: Tim tebow Tim Tebow doesn't strike me as Rex Ryan's type of quarterback. I'll be perfectly honest, <laughs> not
0: you know Tim Tebow is not many coaches in this league's type of quarterback. There's very, very few coaches in this league that'll want a Tim Tebow,
1: maybe Agreed. chip Kelly, maybe chip Kelly don't
0: Chip Tim Kelly would us. love to have chip Tebow, listen, man. I don't know. I think Tim Tebow's coming
1: for you, man. Oh, well, no. I hope not. Let's, let me put it that way. Uh, I, I didn't want Chip Kelly, but... Uh, wait, let's me. go back to Mark Sanchez wait, for a moment. You know what? But before you say that, I hate the ridicule that
0: Tim Tebow gets because he doesn't deserve it.
1: Okay, I, well, wait. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. We can get into Tebow in a moment. Let me go back to Sanchez. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, the Jets have got a couple of issues with Sanchez from the standpoint of either trying to trade him or just releasing him, don't they, with contractual... Obligations? Oh, absolutely.
0: Listen, uh, you know what? We saw from Tim Tebow already, he restructured his deal a couple of times in New York. He's a team player, Mark Sanchez. If uh, he wants restructure just... his deal, if he really wants to stay around, he's going to restructure it. At the same time, if he doesn't, it's either they release him, eat a ton of money just to get rid of him and start over, or he's going to sit on the bench and he's not going to see the football or the light of day in the Jets uniform again. So
1: I, I See, the whole situation... And and don't get me wrong. I'm uh, I, I think I think Mark Sanchez is a very serviceable quarterback. I, I, I'm not even going to put him though in the category of a Tony Romo, as I just pointed out. I would take oh, Romo like... in a minute on my team. Oh,
0: absolutely, me too.
1: Um, but Sanchez, I think, is a very very serviceable team, uh, quarterback. And in a league right now where everybody's quarterback starved, um, I, I think this is an incredible disservice to somebody like Mark Sanchez. I mm-hmm. think he would be better served over at a different team. Oh, I, I I
0: believe so too And I think, you know what I think Mark Sanchez deserves to be on another team
1: But the waters are so muddy to get him out of there uh,
0: You know what, once again <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum I mean, such a big, big contract extension That he gave Mark Sanchez When he couldn't land uh, Peyton Manning last year
2: Exactly
0: You know
2: Yeah, that, that's it, what you, did the know,
0: John, you know, John Isdick has a lot of cleanup to do I mean if you look at the Jets right now, this is this is the New York Knicks. This is Isaiah Thomas leaving.
1: Yeah. He was trying to
0: clean it up and get it to a best thing where he can get it. And probably when John Isdick leaves and a new general manager comes in for the Jets, Isdick is going to go down as the guy that cleaned up a New York sports franchise. It's that's a very
2: a good comparison.
1: It's an excellent comparison. It's going to take a couple seasons, though, for sure.
2: Of course. It's restructuring of the team at this point and riding the ship as best they possibly can. I mean... Just a, just a mess Tanamon did to that organization top to bottom. And you talk about the mess that Isaac is going to have to clean up. Let's not forget Rex Ryan's feet. Yeah. <laughs> Rex Ryan's Sorry, feet. I, it had to Please. be said. Oh, my goodness.
1: But listen, I mean, listen. John, that's, a this, mess. that's a mess right there. I know, yes, no, no petty could fix that, I'll tell you.
2: Acting, yes. <laughs> listen, John
1: Idzik took on a lot to come in here. Not only does he have the
0: whole Mark Sanchez debacle, he needs to find a running back for this team. He needs to find a new linebacker for this team. I mean, they released a lot in, in, in releasing Bart Scott and Calvin Pace and, and all these other guys. They're yeah, supposed to fill on this team. John, a now, not only that, he's got the yeah, whole, I, I mean, just the, the, the universe of New York City on his back with this whole Darrell Revis situation.
2: Well, exactly. Outside of the Darrell Revis thing, if they sign Darrell Revis, keep him in there. Outside of him, who does this team have to market? Nobody. Nobody. This team is Darrell Revis, and that's it.
0: Nobody. Listen, there is a lot of things for John Idzik to clean up, and that goes from Mark Sanchez to Darrell Rivas to Santonio Holmes. I mean, you have an entirely new coach and staff. Marty Mornwig brought in. Uh, Patine's out. New defensive coordinator. Their longtime special teams coach who everybody loves. Gone. Somebody else new in that spot. I mean, this is a I team. Mean, it, it, it needs to be rebuilt. And that's when I say that, you know what, if they do turn around and trade Darrell Revis, let's say to the 49ers for a a crap load of draft picks, hey, Kansas City for the number one in some conditional draft picks later on. You know, whatever John Idzik is going to do, he's going to be ridiculed for, but whatever he does is going to be for the right of the
1: team. I'm going to say two two things with regards to it. Uh, Number one, uh, your linebacker situation can easily be solved (coughs) Excuse me, in this year's draft. Oh, yeah. uh, well, while, while we have talked, yeah. while we talked a lot about this uh, this upcoming draft and how poor it is offensively, how poor it is from the standpoint of a quarterback situation, it is rich with defensive uh, players and linebacker in, in particular. So you're going to be fine there. I, I think you've got your linebacker situation solved uh, by just properly us- utilizing your draft picks. Mm-hmm. So that situation's out of the way. With regard to Darrell Revis, I'm going to be perfectly blunt with you, gentlemen. I think the Jets would be better off without him on the team. I think that they could then really move on, really clean house, and really start to make a a, a whole new uh, set a whole new character for themselves. Oh no, I
0: listen, I, I, I love Darrell Reeves. It was one of the best picks I think in, in Jets draft history. Loved it, loved it, loved it. He played phenomenal for this Jets team, but they need to rebuild now. You can't rebuild by having a $100 million quarterback. You know what I mean?
2: You have to rebuild.
0: They have the number nine pick. They can go and get an outside linebacker with that number nine pick. Correct. If by chance, and, and I would love it if Deion Jordan fell to number nine, which I don't see happening, would love to see him on the Jets next season. But, I mean, you got Revis. You can get the number two pick from Jacksonville. You can get the number one pick from Kansas City, the number three pick from the Raiders. You can go out and get a Geno Smith. You can go out and get any quarterback in this draft if you're that desperate for a quarterback and you think any of these quarterbacks in the draft could be potential starting
1: material. They could easily rebuild the team with one move this year. Well, it it sounds like Mr. Jetner, there, uh, you're you're agreeing with me, uh, that you'd be copathetic with Darrell Reeves Listen on.
0: If they keep Darrell Reeves, I like Darrell Reeves as a player. If they keep Darrell Revis, the Jets will always have a great defense. At the same time, you know what? Defense can only win you so many games, Mike. This is an offensive league. We've said that for many years now. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's it, this right now is an offensive league. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could win purely on defense alone, when Mark Sanchez helped the Jets get to two AFC championship games in his in his rookie and his sophomore year, they should have been able to win the Super Bowl then.
1: Well, then it's I'm not because you have to have offense. Then I'm going to say this to you. Uh, use the draft to build your defense, but you can't use this draft to build your offense.
2: You're going to have sure. to get your
1: offense from the free agent, market. Exactly. But if they were to turn around and say, let's
0: say, okay, offer Darrell Revis to the Kansas City Chiefs for the number one this yeah. year, And then, let's say, two more draft picks next year and a year down the road.
1: Very good thinking. That's what you want to be doing. You want to be going for the future.
0: But right there and then, you would still have the number nine pick. They could still use the number nine pick and a a future consideration pick. To To build
1: your offense, to build your defense, get your linebacker. Exactly.
0: You can move up to number four with the Eagles, or you can move up to number five with the Lions. Correct,
1: because the Eagles do want to move down.
0: Listen, if they go quarterback number one, or even if they go – outside linebacker number one and pick up a, 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 what's his name, the one I just said, uh, Deion Jordan, right. they can easily turn around and get DeMarcus Milliner from Alabama and have, there you go. You have a new cornerback. Mm-hmm. It could happen, but who knows? We'll see what happens.
1: Oh, I. I this is all good stuff. I
0: Listen, it,
1: It's. I, I think your team I, I think has a
0: lot to do. He's either going to go down as a stud or he's going to go down as a bum when all is said and done. So I'm
1: going to say this. I think that your team... Is right now at a crossroad, Jonathan, and okay. I, I think a lot is going to depend on what they do in this particular draft. That's going to be the signature of this of of your Jets team. If they screw up this draft somehow or another, you're looking at you're looking at a really bad situation. It's not going to go well anytime soon. Oh, but yeah. if they find a way to to start to make the right moves, starting with April. I guess it's April when the draft is. Am I right on that? It's Correct. Next month. It's April. Uh, then you're going to be on the right track. Well, that's the thing.
0: If they turn around and trade the Royal Reeves tomorrow to, let's say, Kansas City or San Francisco, the fans are going to be in an uproar. Everybody's going to fall off the Jets bandwagon. That's what everybody's used to.
2: Which I think it's ridiculous. And all of a sudden,
0: in five years, when this team is a real contender and getting...
2: Oh, it, I was there the whole time. Exactly. Was, the
0: whole time. Oh, we didn't need Darrell Rivas. We can win without Darrell. Five
1: years from now, nobody's even going to bring up Darrell Rivas if you get rid of him.
0: I'm exactly. Sorry.
1: Darrell Rivas out this
0: year. I thought Antonio Cromarty and Kyle Wilson did a phenomenal job taking over the spot. Mm-hmm. Antonio Cromartie especially. I thought he did a phenomenal job this year showing that he is one of the better cornerbacks in the league.
2: Underrated, I agree
0: And he did it without Darrell Rivas on his wing Don't get me wrong, they probably could have had another 2-3 to three wins this season Maybe if they had De'Rell, a healthy Darrell Rivas in there But, without him, Antonio Cromartie And then, Laurent Landry played great safety I mean, that's another guy that they, they want to try to resign.
2: Okay. So that's money that
0: you can use against Laurent Landry If you trade Darrell Rivas So you get your safety spots filled up And then you rebuild for the future, you know mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see what happens like I said, John Idzik, I wouldn't want to be you right now because you got <laughs> it.
1: I, I? I mean, just from a just from a personal perspective, uh, being here in Philadelphia and being the Eagles fan that I am, I'm going to be honest with you. I I, I think that your team, in the Jets, are in a somewhat better position, really, than my Eagles. Uh, I think there are way way too many question marks about the Philadelphia. Well, you Eagles. know what? I don't think there is near near as many question marks about the Jets if the Jets make the right Gutsy move. But
0: that's the thing. They have good players. Their defense is good with young guys like Mohammed Wilkerson, Quentin Copples, Demario Davis who's gonna be taking over for Bart Scott now. Great, great defensive young players that are gonna grow into it. And we saw Copples and Wilkerson really mature this season towards the end. They were playing phenomenal, phenomenal football. They got pieces there to build on. Now right. who you bring in to help complement those pieces.
2: Yeah, by comparison to, to Mike's point, Philadelphia on defense is uh, – how can I put this? A quagmire.
0: Yes. Quagmire. Hey, listen, you know what? Even at the number nine pick, I wouldn't even mind seeing it just go after Manti Well, Screw you know- it. The guy, you know, he wants to prove a lot in the NFL, and he's going to play like a stud. So
2: and watch him do that. Watch them do that too. I bet he was a great player
0: at Notre Dame. Why? Just because uh, he got catfished and lied about it? He's a terrible player No, No, he's still. Well, a well,
2: think, well, think about it though. Think about the mo of the Jets franchise over the last couple of years, going for a big name to draw media attention. It's. Uh,
0: well, we'll see. Well, the, there you go. The Tannenbaum is gone. We got a newer guy in here. A guy that. used to helped... say
2: he won't make the same mistake, though. Let's, let's not. But
0: this is a guy who also helped build the Seahawks to what they were now. And the Seahawks have taken the NFL by
1: surprise. So
2: By well, storm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. To yeah. yeah. go to your point, though,
1: uh, Jim, uh, I think we're the biggest question marks with the Eagles versus the Jets. Um, and I, I think you bring up a very valid point. We've got question marks with the Eagles on both sides of the ball. We're really, when it comes right down to it, if the Jets play it straight, they can solve their defensive issues very, very quickly and very, right. very immediately. Agreed. And all they've got to do is just address the offensive side of the ball. We we have question
2: marks on both. All right, now, you know what, let
0: me ask you this question. Being Jets and Eagles fans here that eventually are going to need a quarterback.
2: And therapy. Now or later on. <laughs> should,
0: should either team complement... Picking up Matt Castle now that he was waived.
2: No, I'm not interested. No, he is a lifetime backup. I'm sorry. After what he did in New England, filling in for Tom Brady a few years ago, everybody thinking, oh, he can do it on his own. Well, we've seen he can't do it in Kansas City.
0: Well, in 2010, he had a very, very good season in Kansas City.
2: Well, I... 27
0: touchdowns. I mean, he played all the games. Only seven interceptions. He had a good year that year.
2: So somebody's going to take a flyer on Castle, but it's not going to be a. But then again, a... it was
0: Kansas City now.
2: I'll grant, I'll grant you that, but uh, yeah. I don't think no protection, no players around them. I mean, yeah. And, and what is he going to have in Philadelphia? No protection, right. uh, maybe one or two players around him. Well, but that. these are two teams
0: that need to rebuild. Kansas City, for some reason, doesn't want to rebuild. Well,
1: here's the question mark mark we as fans here in the Philadelphia area don't have an answer to yet because we haven't seen anything. We don't know what offense Chip Kelly's planning on running. But if, in fact, it turns out to be the Chip Kelly offense that we're assuming he's going to run, Matt Castle ain't working here. Yeah, it's, it's not going to fly. It yeah, won't work. And, yeah, but who yeah, else
0: would? I mean, if 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 they're going to run that defense, uh, excuse me, that offense, where you're going to have Vic for maybe one more season.
1: Well, I'm not saying it's going to work with Vic either. I no, I'm saying don't think if it works
0: work. with that kind of a quarterback, who's going to be the quarterback
2: in the future
1: for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think it might be somebody who's not here. here. Exactly, I think it's going to be somebody coming out of the draft next year.
2: Next year, All right. yeah. yeah, because cause Nick Foles isn't the most mobile quarterback in the world, and Michael Vick, while mobile is as injury-prone as uh, somebody who needs to be put in a rubber room. Exactly,
1: I, man. Michael Vick's
0: one more hit away from... And if fact,
1: yeah. Let's just say for a moment, and I don't think he's going to be able to because we're talking about the NFL here, which means not for long, if if you remember uh, my buddy down in Atlanta's old phrase. Uh, if, in fact, he runs a straight Oregon defense <sighs> here in the NFL, which I think is impossible to do, Michael Vick will be injured in, before Game 4.
2: Yeah, he will. Well, he'll be injured before week four anyway. The way the way he's been the last couple of seasons, that's a foregone conclusion, Mike.
1: I mean, the problem is, I mean, you, you know, everybody sits back and goes, "Oh, well, this this offense is, is perfect for Michael Vick because, well, Chip Kelly wants to run a mobile offense." I, and no, it's not perfect for Michael Vick because Michael Vick gets hurt. Yeah.
2: He leads with his head and p- leaves himself susceptible.
1: He doesn't know how to slide. Yeah. Exactly. He that. should he
2: should go to uh, Clearwater and learn how to slide from the uh, running coaches in the, uh, for the Phillies. You know, well they right. actually
1: they actually well, tried that. That. <laughs>
2: they,
1: well, no, they actually tried that with him in Virginia when he was there in Virginia. Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah,
1: correct. He, but they he, tried that with the baseball team. They tried to get baseball players to show him how to slide, and he just never got it. Well, I
0: mean, we've also had already. You know, Michael Vick is really not a smart dude. So,
2: <laughs> true.
0: All right, man. Uh, real quick, we got a little over seven minutes left. We got to get to this story. Uh, Titans running back Chris Johnson says he will rush for more yards than Adrian Peterson in 2013.
2: Only if Adrian Peterson gets hurt. Thank you. (laughs) Look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. First year, 1,228 yards for CJ2K. His big year, of course, 2009, where he eclipsed 2,000 yards. Since then, 1,364 in 2010, 1047 in 2011, 1,243 yards in 2012. He's averaging... About 4.8 yards per carry in his NFL career over his first five years. Hmm. Uh, If you do the math, he's got to do something like 400-some-odd carries uh, to even come close if he stays at that clip. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, even in Tennessee where there's no passing game really to speak of. Mm -hmm. Chris Johnson, it's uh, how did my teacher used to call it. Uh, constipation of the brain and diarrhea of the mouth. That's what it is. It's a very horrible... (laughs) You
0: know, listen, here's a guy that any team... You know what? If you have a running back that's rushing for 1,200-plus yards, that's a good running back. I mean, of course, you want to be the best, but, dude, you know what? Go out and rush for another 1,200 next year for Tennessee. Don't say, I'm going to be better than Adrian Peterson. He's
2: an okay running back. He's not setting the world on fire. The 2009 season he had was the anomaly season. Every, Every running back... If you look at their stats in their career, there's one season that's a standout season, and then everything else kind of falls back in line. Hmm. He's a 1,200-yard-per-season uh, running back. He's okay. He's not going to set the world on fire, and I'm not biased because he burned me a couple of times in a row on my fantasy football league. But well,
0: yeah, not, you know what? Not many running backs rush for 2,000 yards. He had one. Adrian He's Peterson okay. never had one.
2: Everybody thinks, thinks, oh, 2,000 yards, you know, such a benchmark. And, you know, what Adrian Peterson did this past season was absolutely unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. It's unfathomable. It's the exception rather than the rule. Is Adrian Peterson going to have more yards if he stays healthy? Absolutely he is. He's in a better situation. He's got better protection in front of him.
1: Exception uh, rather than the rule, uh, Jim. Uh, Let me ask you a question, though. Uh, When you make a statement like that, it would almost indicate to me. Adrian Peterson may not be able to repeat that.
2: Well, I don't think he's going to repeat what he did this season. I think right. it would be foolish to say he's going to, but Adrian Peterson, when healthy, is the Minnesota Vikings offense.
1: Oh, agreed, but because they have nothing else.
2: Well, exactly. Christian Bleeping Ponder. Need not right. say more. The only good thing he did was marry uh, Samantha Steele. That's about it. <laughs> and he, he, lucky get, by the way. Very lucky get. Uh, no. He, Adrian Peterson, when even eighty percent is going to give you fifteen hundred yards a season, he's going to because he's he's just that kind of running back.
1: Well, you know what
0: they're you know what they're two different running backs. You know, Adrian Peterson is more of a power. Chris Johnson needs to be more finesse, but he's really not a finesse type of dude. So he's well,
1: let, me, let me let me ask a let me ask a social uh, media question. Sure. sure. For a moment. Uh, we get guys uh, like this, like God. So now I'm just going to use him as the example for a moment. And he comes out and he makes a statement like this. And suddenly we as a fan base, or really more, more appropriately as a media base, because we really are a media base, make no mistake. Uh, we sit and we poke, uh, we poke fun at him and poke, you know, point at him and say, Oh, you're a moron. You're an idiot. Uh, why make Dope. a statement like that? Yeah. Uh, what do you expect Chris Johnson to say? He's not going to come out and say, uh, no, man, hey, I'm, I'm number three. I'm number five. Uh, well, I mean, of course he's going to make a statement that, you know, he's better than Adrian Peterson. Well, every, sure. every guy of the, of his stature is going to make that kind of a statement. Listen, it gets his fan base going. They're, they're all excited about it. They love when a guy – I mean, it's no different than Jimmy Rollins coming out in, in 2007 and saying we're the team to beat. No, <laughs> it's not. But, you know, what, you know what,
0: now does it come down to that these players need to shut up and just play the game?
1: Well, I don't know, though, John, and you, yeah. you know as well as I do, there's marketing that comes into play here.
2: Of course. Uh, oh, with, yeah. That goes with anything, sure. I understand that. And, uh, you know, he has the right to say I'm the best. You know, every every person who laces it up in the NFL has to believe they're the very best and they're exactly. better than everybody. Well, absolutely.
0: It. But you know what? There's – you know what? I'm sorry. We only have two minutes left. But there's a, a way of saying you're the best and the way of actually calling people out, him calling out Adrian Peterson by name instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to work hard to see if I can top some of the best running back numbers that
1: has been done.
2: And AP just is probably looking at this and laughing his butt off. Oh well, yeah, of course he yeah, is.
1: Course he is. Well, of course he is, but, uh, but uh, listen, he's using, a, a, he's using Adrian Peterson as a benchmark. That's, he's not necessarily calling him out. He's, he's giving, using he's complimenting him, as
2: benchmark.
1: him Oh, yeah, he
0: complimented him, yeah. Oh,
1: thank you. You're absolutely right, Jim. Yeah, he did
0: compliment them, absolutely. But, of course, at the same time, a lot of people are going to be laughing at Chris Johnson next season.
1: I will be. I, I will they not crack remember. They won't even remember. Dude, he won't
0: even crack a 1,000 yards next year.
1: Ooh, bold prediction. Because, you know what, when guys like
0: this come out and say, oh, I'm going to type 2,000 yards, guess what? You're not even going to crack a 1,000 next year. Hmm.
1: Okay. Have fun now, down there in Tennessee, man. You heard it
2: here for,
1: first, folks. Uh, write it down. Jonathan said, less
2: <laughs> than 1,000 yards for Chris Johnson and, and I then we will come
1: back and poke fun at you. You're no different than Chris Johnson there, Jonathan. <laughs> no, but then again, I'm not a multi-million dollar player. So.
2: You're multi-million dollar talent, though. Wait, no, you're not. Uh, 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 dude, I'm like a
1: $3 talent, man. Come on.
2: No, no, no. I'm a two We're multi-million. So there you go. We're multi-million. Right. We're
1: multi-million. It's just that people haven't figured it out. Yes, absolutely. All right, Show's over. You got it
2: for Friday.
1: <laughs> I want
0: to thank everybody for tuning in, Jim. Thank you for.
2: TLWAB three Clwav3.com. Tune got in. Got it, them all.
0: Absolutely. Shameless plug. We gotta love it. Mike, the crew over at FratHouseSports.net. Check them out. New five minutes.
1: Up. I'll be here tomorrow.
0: And he'll also be here tomorrow for Frat House Saturday on the Fan Junkies Network at 3 p.m. Eastern Time? 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Very nice. All right, so anyway, we hope you all enjoy your weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Fan Junkies Radio, and we'll see you all back here
1: tomorrow for Frat House Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: See you then. Enjoy the weekend.
1: Have a great weekend.
0: So long.